you have to put up your professional face when you're in that situation. But when you bring it home, you're living it again. And it affected my wife and my son and to the point where she said, look, we need to talk about this. Welcome to Career Relaunch, the podcast dedicated to helping you reinvent your career. My name is Joseph Liu, and I'm here to help you gain the clarity, confidence, and courage to overcome the challenges of making changes to your career so you can do more meaningful work and enjoy your professional life. In each episode, I feature people who have decided to step off the beaten path to reinvent their careers and do work that matters. We talk through their unique personal stories, the challenges they overcame, and the lessons they learned along the way to help you understand what it takes to relaunch your own career. Today, my guest is going to share his story of walking away from being a partner at his family's law firm to found his own public adjusting company. We'll discuss the impact your career can have on the people in your life and dealing with the judgments of others. Afterwards, during today's Mental Fuel, I'll explain how much your job satisfaction affects your life outside of work. Before we start today's interview, I wanted to let you know I'm going to be returning to The Guardian in London to host another personal branding workshop on how to give memorable presentations on the evening of Wednesday, July 31st. This is part of The Guardian's Masterclasses, a series of workshops to help you improve your career and life. And presentation skills are actually a key part of making any career change, whether it's part of your interview process or a new business idea you're trying to pitch. In my three-hour workshop, I'm going to explain how to create and deliver high quality presentations that leave a lasting impression with audiences, clients, and colleagues. I'll cover how to create a clear presentation structure that's easy to follow, how to design slides that make your content shine, how to prepare your delivery so you can create a positive impression with your audience, and ways to avoid the most common public speaking mistakes I see people making all the time. So if you're in London on July 31st and you want to learn a few simple techniques to improve your presentation skills, you can register for my workshop at careerrelaunch.net slash July 19. The course is 99 pounds and limited to the first 36 students who sign up. Again, you can register at careerrelaunch.net slash July 19. Okay, on to today's interview, where I'm speaking with Mike McAvoy, who started his career as a licensed attorney in 2003 and spent the majority of his time with a large insurance defense firm in Los Angeles as an associate and then as a partner. Through his legal work, he discovered he had a passion for handling the damages side of wildfire litigation. He eventually walked away from his career in 2015, unsure of what he was going to do next. And after a lot of time and self-reflection, he found a new path as a public adjuster and business owner. And in 2018, Mike founded Integral Adjusters, a public adjusting company to help insurance policyholders protect their rights, navigate the insurance claim process, and maximize their benefits and financial recovery. Now, Mike's a really special guest because he's actually a loyal listener to Career Relaunch, and I'm always very excited to feature someone from our listener community on the show. And what I really love about Mike's story is how he made some brave career choices that may have seemed confusing to others on the outside looking in, but definitely served the people he knew truly mattered the most to him. It also allowed him to carve his own unique path and do work that brought more joy to his life, both within and outside of work. You can get all the show notes from today's episode at careerrelaunch.net slash 61. Mike spoke with me from Pasadena, California. Okay, good morning, Mike, and welcome to Career Relaunch. It is great to have you on the show. Good morning, Joseph. Thank you. 
Okay, well, we are going to talk about a range of topics today, including the realities of being an attorney, the dynamics of turning down opportunities, and also a lot about family today, which I think is going to come up as a theme, especially the dynamics of being part of and leaving a family business and also the impact your own family has on your career choices. I was wondering if you could kick us off by just telling me what you're focused on right now in your career and life at this moment. Right now, I'm, I'm focused on my public adjusting business, which I started last year. Towards the end of the year, I formed the business Integral Adjusters and focused on public adjusting, which is advocating on behalf of policyholders in property damage claims to uh, maximize their benefits from their insurance company. That's kind of where my focus has been lately is just trying to build on that and develop a rapport with my clients. And then on, on the life front, uh, just continuing to find that balance as things start to pick up with the business and taking it from there. I was also wondering, if you could just give us a glimpse into your family. I know you're, you're married. And then can you remind me how many kids you've got? I've got the, the one son. He's eight years old right now. Okay, well, I know that you haven't always been the founder of Integral Adjusters, but you have been a licensed attorney since 2003. Could you take us all the way back in time to when you started off in your career at a Sacramento law firm, and then we can move forward from there? What were you doing at that time? In 2003, yeah, I passed the bar and I had been working at a insurance defense law firm in Sacramento as a law clerk. And I continued to work there once I passed the bar as an attorney. And eventually um, I wanted to move back to Southern California where I grew up. So an opportunity arose, but my family has, is a family of lawyers. My dad's a lawyer, my wife's a lawyer, my uh, brother's a lawyer. And my dad had been practicing since uh, 1968 at the same firm. He said there was a position opening up and if I wanted to come down and work at the firm. He was actually in the Orange County office of this firm and uh, I was moving into Los Angeles. So I decided to come down and my wife found a job down here. And so that's where I kind of really developed my legal career was uh, in Southern California at this firm. Can you just give a glimpse into what it's like to be offered a role and then to join a business that was started by your father? Because I think you're the first person on the show that we've had that has been part of a family business. When you do join where you know your dad is working and where everybody knows that, okay, well, he's coming in and his dad has been here forever. You're, there's certainly a little bit of pressure to separate yourself and make a name for yourself which is certainly what I wanted to do is, you know, I don't want people to think, well, he's, you know, he's only getting a paycheck because his dad is a senior partner here. Certainly I wanted to kind of find my niche and work my way through the, through the ranks there. I know you were there for many years and you eventually became partner in 2013. Can you remember the moment you became partner? And if so, what was that like for you? I didn't know I was going to be named partner, but I remember I was having dinner at night here with my, my wife and I got a call from one of the senior partners and 
at this firm that the senior partner is equivalent to an equity partner. And so they're, you know, obviously the ones that are making the decisions. And so I got the call and he said, we're going to make you a, a partner. And I mean, I was just overjoyed. I was really excited because that's what I was working hard for to uh, advance my career. And I was going down the traditional path through the firm. But, you know, with that comes also added pressure that now uh, you're going to be expected to bring in business. And I saw it as more responsibility also. For those people out there who aren't as familiar with the significance of becoming a partner in a firm, I know you mentioned that, yeah, there's a additional responsibility and I'm, I'm assuming there's also the financial rewards to that. What's like the day-to-day significance in terms of your experience in your job of becoming a partner? Because I know that it's something that a lot of people aspire to do. And at the same time, we've had somebody on the show who had that dangled in front of her and she wasn't sure if that's what she wanted. So I'm just curious, like, what's the significance of becoming a partner? And why do you think that's so important to many people working in firms like this? There are different levels of partnership. So you you come in as a junior associate, then you work your way up to maybe a senior associate and then partner And then there's equity partner, which there's very few of those typically, you know, it's just kind of the next step. And the significance is that you're, you're now expected to try and move into the next step, which is you're now expected to try and bring in your own business and manage your own files. So it sounds like you're on a really good track there at the firm, you're advancing, you, you make partner when did you start to realize you wanted to make a shift out of that firm? I guess I should go back to what I was doing. I found my so-called niche in wildland fire litigation, and I really enjoyed working on those cases. And it's very unique practice. And I think it's been in the news a lot more, but I was certainly there starting with that in 2007 or eight, and I really enjoyed the work and I developed kind of an expertise in damages and really enjoyed that aspect of things, you know, but the other part of the firm's practice, I mean, this was just one little area. There was also personal injury and really the demands of the insurance companies and So what ended up happening was by 2014, the wildfire litigation work kind of starting to dry up in the firm. And my son in 2014, he got very sick. He had a fever of over 104. We didn't know what was going on and basically ended up in an emergency room in a hospital for eight days while uh, doctors tried to figure out what was wrong with him. And during that time, my wife and I were just scared about what this means. And I mean, they it, it was really to the point where, you know, they're telling you all these tests and they're coming back and it's this very rare condition that he's got. And by the end of it, we're, we're learning that he's going to need treatment for the rest of his life. And that's something that the realities of, of what's important to you come into play. And during that time there, you know, eight days, you're away from your law firm. And, you know, I was able to respond to calls and things like that. But, you know, there were certain demands 
and pressures where I saw, you know, requests that this still needs to get done and, and you still need to get this out the door. Where are we on this type of reactions where, you know, I started to realize, well, what's important to me? So that kind of played a role in how I started to feel about things. And then, you know, I was doing less of the, the wildfire litigation work and, and more of personal injury. And, and if your listeners may not be aware, but it gets to be a real negative, argumentative in a lot of instances. It was that kind of starting to realize that, you know, hey, there's more out there. You know, if I could focus on something that doesn't bring the same kind of stress level. And that was where things were, I guess, in as I was going through this process. Before our recording, you had also mentioned to me that you weren't feeling really happy for a number of reasons and that you were bringing some of that daily stress and anxiety home, which was affecting some of your relationships with your family. Can you describe what was happening with your home life? I know that you mentioned your, your son was sick and that was something that was weighing on you. Was anything else happening? Definitely stuff was happening at home where you're constantly thinking about what you have to get done or what this person is expecting or what the insurance company, how they cut your bill or how the other side reacted at a deposition. And so you have to put up your professional face when you're in that situation. But when you bring it home, you're living it again. And it affected my wife and my son and to the point where she said, look, we need to talk about this. We're just not on the same page here. And, and I feel like you're not here. You're sitting here at the dinner table, but you're reactive and you're, you're not present for our conversation. It was that kind of thing where you're just so consumed by what the daily routine at the office is handing you and what may have happened that's you have to hold back on your emotions in the professional setting. So it, you just kind of bottle it up. And so that was starting to wear on me and my wife. And, you know, when I look back, I was sick a lot. I mean, physically, I mean, I look back and I, I, I haven't really been sick since I quit. So I think physically and emotionally, it can really drain on you. So about a couple months before I left, we had that conversation where it came down to, okay, well, what do you want to do? What, what should we do? It came up that, well, maybe, maybe it's time to step away. And that's what we ended up doing. I know in 2015, again, when we spoke before, there was a tipping point where you were at a conference and speaking about personal property damage. Could you just explain what opportunity came up at that moment and what that told you about your career and your future there at that firm? You know, I still was keeping up on, on the wildfire cases and, and damages, you know, and I participated in a, a, it was actually a wildland fire conference and I was asked to be a guest speaker. And so I spoke at the conference and probably I don't know, maybe within a month, a month or two of my speaking engagement, I received a call from a potential client 
a big potential client wanting to learn more about me and, and our practice. My expectation was, well, this is great. And so, of course, I relayed that to the senior partners I worked with. I soon learned that they had already talked with the potential client and um, had set up a meeting and I was not invited to the meeting with this potential client. That was definitely my tipping point. And I can look back on it now and I can just say, well, look, that was the traditional way things were done. Like, you know, you go up the chain of command and who's the most senior person. But, you know, that kind of hurt because I felt like that was kind of my baby that I had been working on. And this was something that I thought was going to come in through me. And that kind of stuff matters when you're, you're working your way up through a firm and who's bringing in the business. So it was the last straw for me was that, that situation. So you had your son get sick in 2014. Things were a little bit tough at home. You had this client opportunity where you were overlooked for the meeting. At, at what point did you decide that you wanted to resign? And, and how did you go about making that decision? Three or four months before I decided to leave, one of the other senior partners, when I was in his office, was talking to me about, do you see yourself as a senior partner? You, you really got to think about that. And of course, you're expected to say yes. But as I thought about it and looked at what these guys were doing and what their lives were like and do I want that? And that literally was going through my head. And I really realized that, no, I don't, I don't, you know, I just don't see myself going down that traditional path. So my wife and I had the conversation. We had, we realized we were going to have to make some changes to our, our spending habits that it was going to be probably very difficult to make that decision and how it was going to impact my, my family, you know, especially my dad and my mom and, you know, who were a part of that firm for 40 plus years. So I didn't know how they were going to react and I don't blame them. They, they did not want to see me leave the firm. And I think it was hard for them to understand that. I mean, that was the difficulty of going through that process. It felt good to make the decision, but then actually going through and giving your notice and then walking away, it was okay. So now what? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, because you, you spend so much time, energy, money on becoming a, an attorney and everything that that entailed. And then to just kind of step away from it. And, and you know, you, you realize that people are going to have different reactions to it. I mean, now my, my parents, I think even in the first couple months, they eventually, they realized, okay, well, look, he's happier. And look at his relationship with our grandson and how things have really improved for them. Now they're really happy for me and what I'm, I'm doing with my business and where things have kind of led. That's really great to hear. I know that having gone through a couple of resignations myself and because we talk about the idea of resigning so much on this show, I really feel like resigning from your job, it's got to be one of the most, if not the most emotional things that you do in your career. And it sounds like 
your parents, they eventually came around to the idea that this was good for you. I'm actually really curious, was there any sort of fallout after you resigned from your family's firm? It was so hard to talk about with them because I, I just knew they were not on board with it. At some point, they're your parents and they are looking out for your best interests. And they're from a, a more traditional, I mean, they, they didn't do that in their day. It, it, and my dad was with the same firm for 40 years. So I can now understand, I mean, looking back now, it's easy to understand why they, they felt that way. I mean, even with some of my friends, they, they couldn't understand it. They like, well, what you're going to, your wife's going to be the only one earning, you know, she's going to be the breadwinner. Are you, what are you going to be? You're going to, are you retiring? You know, that, that kind of <laughs> attitude where you're like, no, dude, come on. I'm not retiring for the good of my own well-being and my family's well-being. It's, it, that's why I did it. Yeah. How long was your transition then between resigning and then starting your new business? You know, it felt like a long transition. And I, I think initially it was, it was really just about getting away from it and just focusing on something different during that first year. It was really about being there for my son, picking him up from school, taking him to go play. And what was that like for you to be able to be there for him? It was really great. And I mean, I will always appreciate that, that initial time. And I don't know, it just opened up my eyes to so many different things when you step away and, and you really just kind of focus on, well, what, what's going to make me happy right now? So being there for my son, getting to go to, you know, his field trips or participating in his school activities with him. He was only in kindergarten at the time. I think that really helped us bond and build our relationship. You know, and then at the same time, you know, people would ask me, well, what, what do you do during the day? What, you know, what do you do? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that was always the, one of the questions that people would kind of, you know, how can you be at home? Like, what, what are you doing? You know, well, well, there's lots of things you can do. You know, you go, you go and, uh, you know, pick up a book and, or go down to the library. I would go to the library and just, you know, I ended up reading a really good book, which for your listeners, I found was helpful was it's called, um, what color is your parachute? Oh yeah. I've read that. Yeah. That, that was an excellent read. I didn't necessarily get through every, every part of the book or, you know, do every exercise, but I thought it was really helpful just to kind of narrow down the things that matter to you. You know, the exercises of what was important in this job, who are the people you liked working with those types of questions that you don't normally think about or spend the time to think about, which helped me kind of start to feel where my interests were. I mean, early on, I was, you know, I was thinking like, well, maybe I should become a teacher or, I mean, everything starts coming into your head. You know, I, I was, I took meteorology in college and I really enjoyed watching the weather channel, which everybody thought I was a weather nerd and what a dork for doing that. But everything is, is on the table, but it really kind of developed organically where it was, okay, I, I like doing the damages. I like helping people. You know, I like analyzing things, using my critical thinking skills and organizing information. 
that's when I started to look at being a public adjuster. And what that involved uh, was getting licensed, taking a test, applying. And so that's eventually where I ended up going. But before I did that, you know, I, I talked to people, which I think is important is to, to reach out to people you either know who are connected to something that you're interested in. And, and so that's what I started doing was reaching out to colleagues, friends, other experts in different fields that I had worked with. And you start to build a network. You can find people who are going to be supportive and, and kind of point you down a path, you know, to help you. So it sounds like there was some real upside to having a little bit of time and space to step away from your work because it gave you a lot of opportunity to gain some clarity on what you wanted to do. Was there anything that was especially tough or challenging about the transition? I think early on, that was when it was the toughest. It was the transition from your identity as a a lawyer or as your profession to now that isn't there. And I think for me, I was so consumed with it that that's who I was. I was a lawyer and this is what you do. You, you work late hours, you work long billable hours, you're stressed. That's just the way it is. And stepping away from that, you realize there's a whole other world out there. So, but initially it was your, you know, walking the dog and you bump into somebody, you know, and it's, why aren't you at work or what's, <laughs> where, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, I think you said you bumped into your mom's friend or something, right? When you were. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it was probably two or three months into my transition or, you know, walking away and I just ran into her in, in town and I was like, it seems silly now, but she said, Oh, what are you doing here? And I said, Oh, I'm just, just hanging out, you know, where <laughs> I, I don't know why I said that I was going to lunch with somebody, but it was just, at least for me, that was one of the things that I had to get over was being concerned with what other people think and just moving on and kind of seeing the bigger picture that there's more to life than, than just this career. Yeah. I think that sometimes people struggle with what to do with people who have a little bit of idle time or who aren't fitting into the traditional nine to five or nine to six or nine to whatever work lifestyle. I thought it was interesting what you were mentioning before about spending some time with your son. I I think when you and I spoke before, I mentioned to you that I look after my daughter, who's about 17 months old, on Tuesdays. And uh, I'll go to events with her or like music class with her. And I've actually been asked by, they're mostly mothers at these events who I think are trying to figure out what I'm doing there or <laughs> like, what, like yeah. how is it that I'm there? They're, they're just not sure, quite sure what to make of me. I think maybe people are a little bit confused when they see others who are not working. So you mentioned big picture, Mike, and I'd love to just wrap up by talking about some of the things that you've learned along the way of your career path. And the first thing I'm curious about, because I know you're now running your own company, what are some of the things you're able to do now that you weren't able to do before? Yeah, what I have more of right now is being able to continue to work on this business, but at the same time, having that balance to be there for my son and pick him up from school and take him golfing or take him to you know play at the park. 
that for me is is really important. I've found that that really is is important. I want to maintain that. Right now, I'm in a position where the business is kind of just getting started, and I have you know a couple clients. But you know, as things grow or develop, I, I feel confidence that I can figure this stuff out. Like I think when I left the firm, I was not. I didn't know that I could even go down this path where I could be a business owner or I could put my name out there. And when you're in a certain environment, that's all, you know, and kind of getting out of that circle and talking to people and getting advice. And then, you know, I spent a lot of time in the library, just picking up books and reading about, well, how do I form an LLC and just the basics doing a business. And, before I wouldn't have had the confidence to do that. And I think if you put your mind to it and really just focus on on the things that are going to make you happy. And I was very lucky with uh, having my wife work and a lot of people or in a position where I could step away as long as I did to kind of figure my own path out. And I appreciate that she's been willing to do that. And, uh, and not everybody's going to have that opportunity. But I think if you can at least step away for a little while or just really kind of think about what what you enjoy about the job you're doing and find the, the aspects that make you happy, because you went down that path for a reason. If there's something there, you can turn it into something else. For me, it's it's now coming full circle because I've now been contacted by just recently Joseph, a, a previous client who I'm now going to work with again, more on a legal consulting basis. And what surprises me is just how kind of naturally things fall into place when you kind of open yourself up to new ideas and new new ways of thinking. I guess <laughs> when you look back on this whole journey of starting off in a family business and then leaving that business behind, having a lengthy transition, starting your own business, what's something that you wished you had known that you now know? I guess it was the people questioning your decision. I think, I wish I could tell myself, don't take it so personally, because that's what can hurt is when you, you don't have the support from people you might expect it from. I'm able to now say, well, there was a reason for that. It was, this was the firm that allowed my family to become successful and my, my dad to, and mom to have the lives that they had. And of course they're gonna think this is a crazy move on my part to just leave. You have to take everything in perspective and be aware that the people that are maybe questioning the decision that they've got a different background or they've got a reason for feeling that way. That would be my one. I wish I had known that because I think it would have made for a little bit easier transition. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I mean, it's so hard to just completely dismiss the views and opinions of people who matter to you. It's, it's very, I've just found it to be easier said than done, but that, yeah, if you can do it, it definitely allows you to move forward with a little bit less suffering, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. But final question for you. Having been through this 
career transition, what's one thing that you've learned about yourself? Being unhappy in in my job was preventing me from enjoying everything else. It's really important to focus on on really what brings you happiness or joy, I guess. I mean, not everybody can do that, but I think that that's important to me. I think that's a really great way to leave our discussion today because I, I do think that it is important to do work that does bring you joy and that it really does have an impact on the rest of your life. So by trying to find work that you find more meaningful, it actually does a service to the rest of your life too. So with that in mind, it sounds like you are enjoying the new chapter in your career with the work that you're doing there in public adjusting. Where can people go if they want to learn more about the public adjusting company that you founded and the work that you're doing right now? Uh, they can go to uh, integraladjusters.com or they can find me on LinkedIn. All right, Mike. Well, thank you so much for telling us more about your former life as an attorney and some of the motivations behind your transitions and most of all, how you found your way. So I appreciate you you sharing all the personal details along the way and just wanted to wish you the best of luck with your work there at Integral Adjusters. Thanks a lot, Joseph. So I hope you enjoyed hearing Mike's thoughts on the challenges of walking away from a family business, making time for those who matter in your life, and following a path that makes you truly happy. Now it's time to wrap up with today's Mental Fuel, where I'm going to explain why it's so important to take note of how your job is affecting the rest of your life, including the people in your life. Before we get to today's Mental Fuel, I'd like to thank Grammarly for supporting this episode of Career Relaunch. Built by linguists and language lovers, Grammarly's writing app finds and corrects hundreds of complex writing errors so you don't have to. And as a Career Relaunch listener, you can download Grammarly for free by going to getgrammarly.com relaunch. This is the part of the show called Mental Fuel, where I finish the show with a brief personal story related to one of the topics we covered today and wrap up with a simple challenge to help you move forward with your own career goals. And for today's Mental Fuel, I'd like to pick up on what Mike mentioned about how much his former work at the law firm was affecting the people in his personal life, especially his wife and son. And this reminded me just how much your day job can affect the rest of your life outside of work and why your satisfaction with life outside of work can sometimes serve as a clue about how satisfying your life inside work is. So this show's focus is definitely on your career. But when you think about it, your career is about so much more than your career. It affects your physical health, your friendships, romantic relationships, family, physical environment, fun, personal growth, and more. And if you think a little more about it, for most of us, you spend the majority of your waking hours at work or doing work, so it's no surprise that your work satisfaction has a trickle-down effect on the rest of your life. And for me, I've felt this the most with my health, both physical and emotional, and my relationships. For example, with physical health, I can definitely recall times in my career when I was really unhappy with work, and like Mike, I was getting sick all the time, and even had a couple unpleasant, somewhat random conditions come up that the doctors at the time said were stress-related. Also, I can remember some of my relationships deteriorating during times when I was unhappy with my career. Back when I was working in certain stressful roles on certain stressful projects, I can remember dragging a lot of work stress home to my wife. And as much as I tried to leave it at the door before I entered the house, 
It was hard not to talk about the stresses of my day. I generally pride myself on being calm in most situations, but I can remember periods in my career where the stress I felt at work was manifesting as me being a lot more short-tempered, direct, and honestly unpleasant around friends and family outside of work. And I actually think that one of the telltale signs of being in the wrong job is when your life outside of work starts to feel all wrong and not resemble the life you want for yourself. It's all related. So for me, most of the major career pivots I've made have happened when I was not only deeply unhappy with my work, but also deeply unhappy with the direction my health, relationships, and well-being were headed outside of work. So I know we devote a lot of this show to having you ask yourself what you want from your job and what you want from your work and your career. I'd like you to take a moment and ask yourself what impact your work is having on the important people in your life outside of work. Ultimately and ironically, part of deciding what sort of work you want to be doing is about deciding what sort of life you want outside of work, because you really can't separate or fully compartmentalize the two. If you're unhappy with your work, you can bet your family and friends can feel that. You can bet your body is bearing the brunt of it in ways you may not fully understand right now or only see hints of right now. And you can bet your long-term well-being is also taking a hit. And all these things, in turn, affect your ability to bring your best self to your work. So you have to decide what truly matters to you. You have to decide who truly matters to you. Then make a choice that honors those aspects of your life and honors who you want to be and how you want to feel each and every day. This brings me to a quote from Richard Carlson, author of Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and It's All Small Stuff. Almost universally, when people look back on their lives while on their deathbed, they wish they had spent more time with the people and activities they truly loved and less time worrying about aspects of life that, upon deeper examination, really don't matter at all that much. So my challenge to you is to think carefully about the bigger picture of your life beyond work and specifically one area of your life outside of work that's recently taken a hit because of your work, either directly or indirectly. Then to decide what change you're going to commit to making to at least start undoing that damage. It may not be too late now, but it may be too late later. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to make a radical career change, but it may mean you're going to need to make some sort of decision that inevitably involves some sort of trade-off. The right trade-off that will allow you to have the life you want outside of work. If you want to share the choice you've committed to make with me or the listener community, or if you just want to share what you're struggling with in your own career change journey, I'd welcome you leaving me a voicemail at careerrelaunch.net slash 61, where you can also find a summary of all the things we talked about in today's conversation with Mike. Again, that's careerrelaunch.net slash 61. In our next episode of Career Relaunch, we're coming back over to London, where I'll be speaking with a former investment banker turned nutritionist. She's going to share her story of being recently diagnosed with an incurable form of cancer in her early 30s. We're going to talk about what impact your health can have on your career decisions and outlook in life. 
Thanks so much for listening to Career Relaunch and a special thanks again to Mike McAvoy for sharing his story with us today from Pasadena. This episode was mixed by Richard Pennington, Electrocardiogram wrote and performed our original theme song. I'm Joseph Liu, and I'll see you next time.